0: All right, welcome back, uh, guys. This book, The Compound Effect, I think uh, you know, went into this week thinking, you know, let's uh, let's try to cover a couple of chapters uh, this week, but it's not going to be as uh, detailed as the what was it? John it took us a year to go through Thinking Grow Rich about four That's years like ago. Yep. I mean, we literally, I think we had 48 or 40, 47 or 48 weeks. We started in January, finished it in December, but had some holidays in through there. It took us, you know, 47 or 48 weeks to go through Think and Grow Rich. And we still weren't sure we covered it real well.
1: Um, Hey, Beth.
2: Hello.
0: Hi, Beth. Beth. I'm not sure that think and grow rich is another one. I mean, uh, the compound effect is not one uh, that we could go through like that again. So, comments. What did you read this past week that um, meant something to you, or that's that's a little argumentative? Danny,
3: I, I, I wrote I wrote some notes down. I'll just read some quick uh, things yeah. I wrote down to ponder on. Nothing fails like success. That's a quote in the book. Good payoffs are slow. The process is mundane, unsexy, and unexciting. And when we are successful, a lot of times we stop the process. Say that last one. When we become successful, we stop the process. Nothing fails like success.
0: Yeah, I can give examples on on if uh, three or four or five examples popped up my head on uh, you know through all of that.
4: Um, hey, hey, Hardy, I'll share with you. A friend of mine, uh, we would laugh. This is when. Awesome Business Journal was still paper form. Okay, we laughed if you made the cover with a white Lincoln in the back, bankruptcy in a month. It was (laughs) it was crazy. There was say that part again, Tom. That's funny. If you if you appeared on the cover of the Awesome Business Journal with a white Lincoln in the back, bankruptcy in a month. I mean, I'm telling you, there was a pattern for a few months. Like this is scary. They're on the cover, and then they were literally almost in bankruptcy court within weeks. Some of y'all have met a former coach of mine,
0: and he had a group that he coached in an organization. It was kind of a peer-to-peer, and he had had – and there were five or six in this group that had been in the top 10 in their field in the Austin business journal numerous times that a couple of them stayed there and that group, their big concern was exactly what you were talking about there, that they didn't get, let their business get out ahead of themselves, that they stayed out ahead of their business and didn't get all wrapped up in the headlines. And that was that's a big part. As far as I know, he, he still works with them uh, on that. Uh, uh, I haven't seen him in about three years, but in the seven or eight years prior to that uh, he, he'd been doing that actually for probably 10 years. Oh, what's somebody else? Something red. Somebody read. A lot of, For me, a lot of profound truth. Page 19, you make your choices and the choices make you. Every decision, no matter how slight, alters the trajectory of your life, page 20, this chapter is about becoming aware of and making choices that support the expansion of your life.
1: I personally think chapter two is probably the best one chapter of any business book I've ever read in my entire life. Uh, Just all of it encompassed into one, one, one little chapter. It's like amazing how much information you can get. And it's not just about business, it's about personal, it's about and healthier, it's about, uh, you know, eating right, you know, just, you can use it in so many different aspects in your life. Yeah. And,
3: and I'll tell you something else, Paul, that really caught my attention about the chapter was, it also was proof that some of us, and you know, well, me and my business, that that's can kind of the way it's worked. I always thought that I was doing something wrong when it was mundane, unsexy, you know, not, not always, it was a grind to get, So,
4: well, you froze up for a minute. It
3: I, uh, yeah, I, I I noticed that. Let me turn my. Uh, I may have to come back, but let me turn my VPN off.
1: Yeah, I agree. When, <laughs> the one thing I thought was hilarious about about it is one of the one of the. Actually, I think it was in chapter one. He was talking about there's not any get rich, uh, get rich quick schemes. There's not, you know, you can't uh, call up and get, you know, 10, 20 pounds, uh, you know, less weight or any of those different things. And you can't just walk across some coals and be doing better. And I'm like, walk across the coals. And the person who wrote a, uh, you know, Robbins is the one who wrote a big intro in it. I thought that was kind of like <laughs> exactly. him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You know, I've been in, um, yeah, that, 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 that is pretty interesting, uh, uh, Paul. I had for, uh, that's right I mean I hadn't even thought about that that Robbins endorses it, it, he in his programs I you know, I took two of his programs last year and then I'm in a year long program of, here's, of his this year um, and uh, and some of it is recordings of his big events where he's got you know, three or 4,000 people in the audience. Uh, and, but there's no rah, rah, there's no jumping up and down and, you know, the dancing, there's no walk. I mean, there's none. And he talks about it. And, and that If you're that type of person, great. He's not the, the trainer, the, the speaker for you. So, course, uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he's talking about, um, you know, even our John Maxwell events that I went to, it's, it's kind of like, Oh my gosh, I, I you know there's way too much rah rah. So,
4: what else? I kind of like the I like the uh, formula for getting lucky. <laughs> kinda, you know, when you look at that, you had people talk about that from heck. Uh, this is references to Arnold Palmer, Coach Darrell Royal. I mean, you know, they I mean they believe in the preparation side of it. that's number one, but. You, you have people say, "Well, my competitors lucky." Well, they just outworked. They they out they did the work. Yeah, they're, they're they appear lucky. They're not lucky at all. But yes. uh, that that is a good one to remember. Yep. Yeah, where's that at? What page is that on? Anybody got that? Well, we'll see. I've got a summary, but it's in chapter 2. 27. Mine, mine is page thirty one, but this is just a, a different little PDF of it, so it may not fit the book exactly. Yeah, page twenty seven in mine. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Twenty seven.
4: Yeah, there, there it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's simple, but it's right on track. Yeah, yeah. you just got to do all the steps over and over. That's what's simple.
2: Well, and people yeah, so say, also-
1: make- oh, sorry, Go.
2: people say you make your own luck, but I think the formulary, the formula is better at like, how would I make my own luck? <laughs> so, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not a big golf fan, but I thought it was really interesting the difference between the number one golfer and the number ten golfer. With a stroke, was what? I mean, it was like a quarter stroke, and the price, I mean, how much money they made was like less than half. It was like a quarter stroke. That's like like almost non-existent.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, you know back to something. Hurdy was, was, I think it was Hurdy that was alluding to. You know, the mundane, not sexy. Um, Jeremy sees me some mornings. We're in a networking group, and, and I have I have these uh, these things like those sheets, my worksheets. I've been out of sync with my CRM um, during COVID. I got lazy, didn't do some things, the, the little mundane mundane things. So I pull out back out my worksheets and start using them, and that gets me back into my CRM. But uh, by the way, I'm teaching a class tomorrow at our office over at Steck and Show Creek about guerrilla marketing. It's a guerrilla marketing to stop stop wasting handshakes. But all of that, and, and I've had people tell me, Danny, it's just, I know it probably works. This is a standard statement. I know it probably works. It's just too boring. Uh, there's just too much little follow-up. And I mean, you know, like this, this guy right here, he gave me a referral. I met him at Redhorn about a week later, about, about three or four days later, I sent him an email, said, you know, Damien, good to see you again. We'd met each other about three years ago. And then it's just 10 days later, it, 10 days later, and it's, and you just don't and it's just it's, it's just stuff that you do and I've, one of the biggest complaints about CRMs, Jeremy just went into a new CRM and really starting to use it well is it's just, it's mundane oh my gosh and uh, but it's that, it's what uh, Darren's talking about here around the compound effect um, I love that thing about have you ever been bitten by an elephant? How about a mosquito?
1: <laughs> mm.
0: The little things in life that will bite you. And he goes on that it's, uh, that it's, it's, the compound, bad the bad stuff compounds just like, probably faster than the good stuff. Jeremy, during your, during your bog, your baseball days there's a lot of mundane just swinging the bat off a tee right
5: yeah but i mean that's literally the formula of the getting lucky part of it and (laughs) it didn't matter if you hit a hard hit or a weak hit on the score on the scorebook at the end of the day it was still a hit so it looks the same on paper and but i always told people and the first baseman hated it i'd be like hey you know, I make my own luck sometimes. And the guy is like, man, this just sucks because we had you beat. And I was like, Uh, eh, did you? But uh, yeah, no, that's that's for real the whole deal. But it is the elephant in the mosquito deal because in baseball, I always said, it's always the little things that are really beat you in a game. It's never, you know, there's one big ordeal or this one big event. It's always the little aspects you didn't check the runner and he took, took an extra base on you. And then he ended up scoring a couple pitches later. You know, it's all always these little things, but. Yeah, Jeremy right. he
0: and Hardy will need to get together and talk sometime. Hardy played some baseball up, uh, uh, up through college and he, it, some guy was trying to push him away from the plate. He was leaning in and he thought, anyway, he just turned like this. The ball took, anyway, he'll have to tell you about that sometimes.
3: Yeah, so. oh, I was I was going to say he's right about the mundane things I mean there's little things we used to do to get an extra step off first like start with a cross leg instead of just trying to move shuffle your feet you know little things you could do to get a jump to steal second right was a lot of practice and a lot of mundane ways to get a jump start like a walk off or a, or standing next to the base and then starting from a standstill or uh, or leaning to get the pitcher to give up what he was doing or spying on the pitcher. Those are all things we had to do every day. And, and, you know, it either translated to hits or it either translated to good plays in the outfield. But Jeremy knows this, you know, baseball is a very methodical sport. If you don't practice, you'll be terrible.
5: And a good first step is everything. That's exactly. exactly. Now, I
0: think, as, he, as he says here on page 20, your biggest challenge isn't you that you've intentionally been making bad choices. Heck, that would be easy to fix. Your biggest challenge is that you've been sleepwalking through your choices. Yes. Uh, I know I know. Herdy's been through my Empowerment Mentoring Series. Uh, some of y'all know John Quirk and, and uh, Gary and uh, Dan and Scott. They'd been through all that. We were, uh, Dan and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, it, it's the, the whole, the whole idea of choices. And um, I need to send him this quote here out of this book, uh, because we just, we do, we just sleepwalk through our choices. And back to what he said here in the very beginning of the chapter about, uh, uh, this chapter being something about awareness. This chapter, uh, uh, here it is. Uh, this chapter is about becoming aware of and making choices. I'm more concerned, one of my biggest concerns is what I'm not aware that I'm not aware of. I know I've said that probably before here. Like I think about that a lot is what, okay, what am I not aware of that's going on? And it just, it it's profound when you do realize that.
4: But Danny, I want to add to that. I mean, I get to work with really smart people's clients. But when they get to, to the point where they don't know what they don't know, and they'll accept that, it's major. Sometimes the things they need to do are not difficult to do. They don't even know it's important. So they got PhDs, and they, we talk about things in finance. They go, I didn't know that.
1: Why
4: yeah. yeah, didn't someone tell me that? I didn't read that. I mean, it's not their IQ. Yeah. But, you, but you're right. If you don't know, you don't even know how to – you don't know that the fix can be relatively uh, e- easy, uh, quick to implement. And and I think that's a, a big deal. And I think the number one thing I see, there's a reference in here about money, is that people just don't budget. They just go for it. They don't, there's no budget. I, I don't even mean back to the envelope. They're just when they run out, they stop. John, you're laughing. You know what I'm talking about. There's just no budget. <laughs> no, I
3: know exactly what you're talking about, Tom. I
4: mean, it's just, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. And we're not talking about down to the penny. No. I mean, given a couple thousand bucks a month, I'm not even kidding. They're not even there. So I mean, it's. I mean, given a budget, that is, you don't need to be an accountant to have a budget. My God, you need to back them up. It's not really complicated.
5: But I mean, those guys, essentially, and what Darren Hardy is saying, is they are just unconsciously spending their money. And there is no way to change it unless they actually make a conscious motion to change. Um, He was just saying that you can't consciously choose to change the ineffective behavior. You have to wake up and make the empowering choices.
4: Or it's in place of a... Okay, sometimes the spending is in place of another addiction with me. So I got called in to help someone with financial I don't, I don't sell them, just the planning. And she was a realtor in Ohio. And when I asked her how many houses she sold a month, Danny, I understand this is important. She said, oh, in a bad month, I'll sell 30 houses in a year. No, in a month. She's selling 30 houses a month, Danny. She had $300,000 of credit card debt. Okay, so 300,000 that she's selling, and she's selling 30 houses a month. Pick any number, it's a lot of money. Okay. And she, the credit cards were her substitute addiction for her former alcoholism. And she could not figure out how to stop because if she budgeted, it, it would show the weakness. So you go, oh my God. I mean, now in two months of meetings, she had that 300 down to 100 and had a plan to start putting money away. But she didn't even know where to like jump in and stop the the madness. So I mean, if you you know something that is that it's not technical, uh, but you've got people like success will destroy them. I mean that that you, we we started out with that. So just uh, there's some there's some tweaks you can do that are really small, this common effect that have a, a an incredible impact.
0: Yeah, I've seen people. You know, in the, we won't cover this tomorrow in the grill marketing, but go deep into the grill marketing where you're really running into, uh, you're really dealing with roadblocks. Uh, actually, we we'll cover this and uh, there's some follow up classes that I offer to this that are free of charge also. And, uh, but, but, but we deal with roadblocks. And, and one of the roadblocks to uh, people marketing, well, is the fear of success. Uh, and they're they're afraid of success for different reasons. Sometimes because they've made it big, and then they they accumulate a lot of debt. Now they're and then they're afraid to get successful again because they for some reason they, 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 had, they had a lady tell or, or a guy tell me one time. He said every time I get I start making real good money, I just start attracting more debt, and and then I got to pay it all off. Uh, um, uh, so there's there's quite a few innate uh things that, that that cause that anyway. Um what else what else somebody pick up i'm gonna i'm gonna pull something up here in a minute to uh, uh to play us that's anybody anybody listening to the audible of this
3: yeah okay. I don't, I don't. He, he uh, also describes in this chapter uh, how people stumble on happiness, which my interpretation of that was is that we, uh, we, we sometimes associate stumbling on that as, as a good thing in our process. And in fact, it's not. It, that, that comes and goes like feelings, right? That uh, happiness feelings uh, can come and go. Um, I think I put next to that. It gives you a good feeling. But it, it doesn't necessarily mean, it, like, if you won the lotto, that'd be definitely stumbling on happiness, right, if you played. Uh, he also said that in the book that if you took everybody that lost that same lotto lottery ticket, you'd put them, it'd take nine years for them to, t- to say how how many lose, nine years for them to get back the back, how they didn't win that lotto. So, I mean, you know, my 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 feeling about that is we live in this instant society where we want everything quickly in our hands, and so we've kind of created this evil for our own selves and that we want instant gratification, but this whole book goes against that that uh, especially talk about the guys with their weight gain and stuff that it took 27 months for them to start seeing a difference so imagine how many people make a january resolution go work out the gym and by march they're done because yeah. they didn't lose the 30 pounds right or whatever yeah sorry i rambled on sorry I rambled no, no on. that's
0: good that's the, that's awesome uh, john were you gonna say something a ago
3: no, I mean, I heard what you were saying. There was a line in a movie, I forget the name of it, but it was instant gratification takes too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, so, I'll again, write John. that down. That's a good post. Thank you, John. Instant gratification takes too long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I forget what uh, movie man. I was in. I was uh, a to the wrong one, but there's you know, a famous quote. So that's funny. Yeah. I like that.
0: Yeah. I was speaking to a group of men. This is. Guys, 15, 20 years ago, um, and was talking about living one day at a time. And afterwards, this guy's come up to me, said, Danny, that was all fine and dandy. He was being pretty cynical about it. And and uh, uh, we got to know each other real well, saw him a few months ago. Yeah, that's all fine and dandy. But, dude, most days, one day at a time is just too long. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and uh, so uh, – so, uh, well you know
3: Danny, that's a funny part because a lot of people that go through addiction treatment will tell you that they can't go day to day they have to go in 10 minute increments right because yeah. part of the recovery is they've got to be able to last for 10 minutes and then last another 10 minutes if they go a whole day they'll fail So, mm-hmm. so that makes total sense Yeah, yeah.
0: I've got a, I've got a friend of mine that uh, uh, he he goes to uh, AA, Two to three times a day for yeah. over for over twenty years.
3: Makes sense.
0: Yeah, and uh, that's just the way he knows he has to live, and is and his was actually uh, some drugs. Uh, well, drugs maybe alcohol also. So same thing, um, you guys. I'm gonna play you something that's in the video. Uh, he adds some things uh, in the video. So let me see if if this works.
6: Here, let me see if. You-
0: Give me a thumbs up so you can hear it once I get Let me pass on a little tip Montel
2: Williams shared with well, me
6: that i incorporated into my life that's really helped my mind focus on the abundance and blessings I enjoy. I use this strategy right before I go to sleep so that my mind spends the night conjuring up ways to create more abundance and blessings. Here's what Montel told me. He said, put a little piece of paper by your bed with a pen. I use a journal so I can archive these great thoughts. And before you go to sleep, I want you to write down three things that happened today that you're thankful for. And as I will explain later, I also write down any unique observations about people, life, or myself, or what I call aha ideas, quotes, or insights collected from the day. Another insight from John Maxwell is to not only identify and enjoy the feeling of being grateful, but also express that feeling to others. Let me read to you what he said to me backstage at an interview at one of our success symposiums. He said, you know, our attitude is a choice and to be grateful is a choice. And I know a lot of people who have a lot of blessings that aren't really grateful. I also know a lot of people who have very little and are very grateful. So it's not what you have. It's not possessions. It's not where you've arrived positionally. I think it's a spirit. And the attitude of gratitude to me is, saying there have been others in my life that have done things for me I couldn't have done for myself. And the way to express, I think, indebtedness to people is by being grateful to them. The person that says, well, I'm grateful, i just never expressed it, that's not adding value to anyone. Key point, John. So the lesson here is not only look for what you appreciate, but give that appreciation to others. And as the saying goes, what you appreciate, appreciates.
0: And then that's right at the end of the, on page 24. And he says, then uh, it, you can go to the uh, compoundeffect.com slash resources and download a copy of the Gratitude Assessment uh, uh, Worksheet. Uh, it's downstairs in, in the kitchen next to my blender, but I have a little uh, journal that he puts out. It's, he puts out a few he puts out a few journals and one is a little red one that uh, that has some of that in there, little worksheets. Um, if you get the Darren Daily and you in, in the Darren Daily uh, video that comes out every morning you can, or Monday through Friday, you can uh, use that uh, to make some notes and such. And, it, and I kind of, uh, I have a, a thing I do in the mornings. Uh, what I try to keep my wife from doing and ask her not to do nothing, uh, is don't clean up the kitchen at night. Whoever cooks, and she normally does, let, just leave the dishes in the sink. Because <laughs> what I like to do is get up and clean the kitchen while I'm kind of waking up. He'll it, run the hot water, heat it up. And it, uh, uh, sometimes I wash the dishes. Other times I just <laughs> clean them off and put them in the dishwasher. But it's kind of, it starts my day off with an accomplishment. Um, anybody seen the uh, uh, Navy SEAL Admiral Make Your Bed video? Y- YouTube it. It's it's great, and it's kind of what he, uh, uh, kind of what he says there is uh, that it gives you a sense of accomplishment uh, of the morning. You no, know, I
1: think I've made my bed every day since I watched that video. So Have you great. really? <laughs>
4: That's a that was a college commencement, right? Yes, yeah. sure was. Yeah, yeah I watched yeah. it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah.
0: There's a six minute version, but the full version is
4: quite a bit longer. Uh, I sent it to Mm -hmm.
0: somebody this morning, 17, 19 minutes long. The part I didn't even ask me how often I made the bed
1: before. No.
0: How often, often, Paul?
1: (laughs) Not very often.
0: I think your wife's already up.
2: (laughs) I'm staying in a hotel now and I make the bed, not tight like military, but like I just can't leave it a mess. I have to straighten it up. It's crazy. (laughs)
0: You sound like you sound like Kathy, my wife, Beth. I don't know if she makes the bed, but she kind of straightens her and it's kind of like, babe, come on. You know what? Uh
2: but I'm I could not leave the kitchen dirty at night. I'm sorry. I'd be up till yeah. midnight.
0: Yeah. Oh, the last two nights I've got up, kitchen is spotless. I, I just kind of like
2: Ugh. You're so, just gonna have to find another chore to wake you up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll start making the bed with her in it. I'll make it my side of the bed or something. So uh, I want to jump over for a minute to page, uh, starting on page 29, your secret weapon, your scorecard. Let's talk what about page? that for a minute. It's on page, the bottom of page 29. He says, I'm, going, uh, I'm about to walk you through one of the single greatest strategies I've ever used in my personal development. By the way, uh, uh, welcome, Ramon. He says, this strategy helps me take control of the choices I make throughout the day, causing everything else to fall in place and leading to behaviors and actions that shepherd my, uh, my habits into line like dutiful, loyal minions. Anybody ever done anything like this?
2: What, keeping score? Yeah, any kind of keeping oh. score. I mean, t- for work all the time, when you're in sales, you're keeping score. And as you know, I've been losing weight, and I'm kind of on a plateau, and it's because I'm not keeping score correctly.
0: Now, the, I, I assume you're going through a program? Or, uh, do... Yep. hmm do they have you weighing how often do they have you weighing
2: i weigh in once a week but i weigh myself daily yeah. and in fact Danny, it's funny because i'd always been taught not to weigh too often and then you said you weigh at night too and i thought i'm and so i did that for a while and i f- that fell off the wagon now but i'm um, thinking i'm gonna get back to that keeping score like a half a day at a time it's really good you know right where you are all the time
0: yeah yeah well you know, might. My- my daughter is a health coach, and then I'm kind of working a little bit with her, you know, on that. And I use some of uh, some of that in, in in my daily activities and the food bars and the shakes. And um, uh, and they recommend only weighing in once a week. But um, and and, and we've talked about it. But the more you measure literally the more you measure to the point that you don't measure for the uh, uh, sake of measuring, except maybe you do. I I don't have a good balance about that yet. Um, I mean, I've got open over here on my screen. I could show you uh, uh, Ramon's seen it. um, uh, What we call our point tracker that uh, I'm kind of going back Ramon, by the way, you're going to see a change in the name of that. On mine, I call it a scorecard. It's what he calls is it, a scorecard. The twelve-week year calls it a scorecard. Uh, you know, a couple of other authors. I've, it's about keeping track. And uh, what Darren says here is just the minute things. I mean, the whole thing. I mean, if you want to, let's say, if you wanted to lose, what is it? You want to lose twelve pounds? Uh, you could do that. Is that right? If if you. Uh, is it right? you, if you want to lose 12 pounds? You can lose 12 pounds in 115 days by losing one ounce a day, and uh, it's just a gradual compound. But it's but you've also you have to weigh yourself every day. And when I'm on mode that I'm trying to drop weight, I'm trying to drop body body fat, like I am right now. I have to weigh myself twice a day. And knowing today what I eat, I'm going to have to look at that scale. I, right before I go to bed, it matters.
2: I was going to say my Apple Watch and Fitbits and things are the best scorecard ever invented as far as I'm concerned lately that you can just wear it, it gives your heartbeat, it gives your steps, your activity.
0: Well, well I'm trying to decide if I'm going to stick with my Fitbit if I'm going to something else. and Because Fitbit has a scale that, that you step on it, it weighs you, and it records it uh, on your Fitbit and on your app.
2: I have that with them. It's a like Noom, it's called Amada. My uh-huh. company sponsored it. So if someone's interested, sometimes companies, corporations will do it for you. So it's free. Oh, but cool. they sent me the scale and then it's like it phones it in or Wi-Fi's it in.
6: Yeah. We are oh,
0: um, he, he says uh, down here, this doesn't sound like much after he goes through, and I have Little spiral notebook, just a little bitty fits in your shirt pocket. Little spiral, and um, that I used probably about a year ago, sometime last summer. Um, uh, after reading this, and started tracking something uh, that, uh, that it, it, and it matters now. I, I, I just kind of text myself information. Anybody else track themselves or anything? Why are you grinning at Hardy?
3: You know I do. Yeah, I mean do. my 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 physical exercise. And I get steps. the report every week, and uh, I monitor that and the heart rate. And uh, uh, so that's that's my scorecard is right here, and uh, I have notifications set up to remind me when to walk or when uh, not to miss a walk or add extra steps in the hour. So what's cool about this is if I want to do extra steps, it'll alert me and I'll say, okay, 250 steps. So I just stop what I'm doing and go to do 250 steps and fulfill the, 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 the little mundane, unexciting, unsexy.
0: Yeah. Do step. you wear yours at
3: night? Uh, no. Yeah. See, I started wearing enough.
0: mine at night so, so it tracks my sleep and my sleep score and yeah. I figure some things out with that. It took a while to get used to wearing it at night. What are you grinning at, Paul?
1: (laughs) I have a fit, man. I've had one for a long time. I can't wear it at
3: night. It just
1: bothers me. I can't either. Yeah, it took me a a while, but
0: I now, uh, as long as I don't have to wear socks, I'll be in good shape at
5: night. So actually, um, regarding this tracking deal, he says uh, the magic is not in the complexity or the simplicity of the task; it's in doing the things repeatedly well enough and long enough to ignite the miracle of the compound effect. Right. And uh, now, I've never really been one to track of my like stuff, even when I played baseball. It just it was part of the routine, as I would say. And it I was literally unconsciously going through my routine, and yes, I didn't know that it was actually leading to some good. But one of the things that I did when I was working in the wood shop was i would learn and read about danny read about new uh woodworking techniques old school woodworking techniques and then after work i'd sit there and play a little bit and a little bit and as the week would go on or as a couple weeks would go on i'm getting these really really tight tolerances and i'm making these first try or really close to you know some of these joints that are pretty tough to do box joints dovetail joints on my own homemade jigs and not using a template from something else. And Absolutely. I would even use hand tools sometimes to perfect some of my craft and everything. So what that did for me though, was as I got better and more successful at I started making these really cool ornate uh, boxes, jewelry boxes, cabinet, little doors, and um, all by, you know, like I said, researching and practicing little old school woodworking techniques that of course now I could pretty much just go set up this table saw and do or chisels and do all these cool little ornate stuff.
0: Did did you happen to uh, did you follow Norm?
5: Norm? Norm Abram?
0: Norm Abram? No. The old Yankee Workshop?
5: No. Nah, uh,
0: y'all don't. look y'all look at that sometime online and watch some of his stuff.
5: I He's mean, I've been PBS. Do what, Jeremy? I've heard, I've heard of the old Yankee Workshop. I didn't know that's the guy. Yeah, the
0: it's some great stuff. I've watched so much of that.
1: Um, the difference is, Jeremy, you watch it and do something
5: about it. The rest of us will just watch it and we'll watch it. <laughs> uh, hey, I'll send you
0: a picture of some of the stuff I've done. Now, come on now.
5: I mean, with b- making baseball bats, I the first one that I made, it took me three and a half hours. And then by the time I was, you know, a couple years into it, i do it in about 45 minutes from start to finish.
0: Cool. Um, got another one that, again, this is not in the book. Um,
4: Tom, were you about to say something? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Don't let the KPIs, the key performance indicators, run your life because you get the wrong KPI. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen okay. companies do that. Companies walk in, they've got all these KPIs, and it, it's like a religion inside this organization. And they've got all these indicators that, that were key at one time. They're not anymore. They're following the wrong metrics. They're doing a lot of work. They got people spend a ton of time on the stuff. So I know all the smart devices help, but but you can walk in and 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 you know, I had a guy that said that his one of his uh, KPIs was three he spends three percent on advertising gross. That's what his franchise recommends. I said, is it doing anything for you? Is it effective? He goes, no. Wait a minute, you're spending three percent of gross and you're admitting to me it doesn't help you. He goes, Yeah, well, stop spending that. We gotta have someone to do some accountability. So when you spend three percent, it means something. But his KPI was he spin it, not that it was effective. So I'm like, you can have that happen. So just just be careful. Yeah, boy, Tom. Uh, thanks for bringing that up because that is
0: a huge. I mean, what's you know, if somebody if it's great that you're climbing the ladder, but what if you've got it leaned against the wrong wall? Uh, one of the things uh, that is so great, right, Beth, about the twelve week year is that you uh, go ahead, Beth.
2: Oh, I was just going to say it counteracts the big pharma that I was in. So big pharma is huge on what worked three years ago is we're just going to keep going. And, you know, you've changed your drug to something else, thyroid instead of, you know, GI, but they're going to keep going the same way, you know, seven calls a day. Guess what? Every rep will make seven calls a day. They put it at five. They'll make five. They put it at 10, 10. They're just feeding the computer and they do it. And yes, the 12 week year helped me break free from having to do the pharma thing. I would do what they needed, but I, somebody asked me, the the person who replaced me said, how did you do it? She called me last week and said, I don't understand. how you did this, you know? And I've given her everything, whatever, but she's like, and I said, I just didn't follow their call plan. I developed my own and made it, you know, made it work
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um you can get caught in that rut and whatever that um we've always done it this way i think you were saying tom that you know so just Absolutely. and the legacy it just sits there because it worked before and whoever's the leader can't understand that that doesn't work anymore because it got them up their rung of the ladder so they think everybody's got to be on that same ladder too 12 week here's a great way to just shorten up pay attention to some small things and um
0: It gives you a chance. I mean, it's long enough. I I was meeting with a realtor yesterday who is really trying to build his team out. And um, we set some parameters, how I would work with him. Here's what he needs to do. And and so you know, we've we've been, he's got his vision. We've worked on his vision. He's got his vision there. I said, all right, what goal do you want to achieve in the next 12 weeks? He said, well, I want a one-year goal. And I said, well, we're working... You know, I'm your coach. You're going to do it my way. What do you want to achieve in the next 12 weeks? 12 weeks gives you long enough period to allow something to get, you know, working right, yeah. but then gives you a period that you, that you stop and evaluate and correct what you've been doing. And uh, so um, um, it's a, so that you're not, you know, you don't have the wrong KPIs, you don't have the wrong, uh, uh, you're actually, uh, you're measuring it, and then you're evaluating and correcting it, you have to have, I mean, the book, uh, Joy at Work, um, a guy named Dennis Bakke talked about in there, the power of having a robust evaluation correction process, um, Jim Collins talked about it in Good to Great, uh, uh, you know, that evaluation correction process, so, Um, um, on the money tree, I've got something to play here. I don't remember what it was. I just made a note in the book. So let's see if I've got it keyed up, right?
6: He passed on to the success CD listeners and me. This is what he said. I am a thousand percent sure after working with hundreds of thousands of people over the last two decades, that personal finance is about 80% behavior. And it's only about 20% head knowledge. We all know what to do. It's doing it. That's the problem. So the problem with my money is this idiot that I shave with every morning. He also said, the first thing is you have to pay attention. You have to be purposeful. You have to be intentional. As we've been discussing and as I coach Kathleen to do. Ramsey goes on to say, and the second thing is this issue of just, oh, dare I say it aloud, maturity. Adults devise a plan and follow it. Children do what feels good. You have got to do the right thing every time, all the time. That's the number one indicator in your character towards becoming wealthy. Lastly, he cites, handling money is a learned technique. 80% of American millionaires are first generation rich, which means they didn't have rich parents programming them. They decided to change. They made a choice to engage in different behaviors. Ah, thanks, Dave. There it is again. It's about choices that lead to behaviors done long enough become habits that over time compound into our results, wealth and financial abundance, or bankruptcy, heartache, and despondency. The choices are small. The behavior changes almost unnoticeable, but the outcomes are profound by comparison.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and he was quoting there Dave Ramsey, if you, if you didn't figure that out. so
5: Yeah, that, that really sticks to the last paragraph of this uh, second chapter. The guy says, losing a habit, so is winning. Now let's work on permanently instilling winning habits into your life. Eliminate sabotaging habits and instill the needed positive habits that can take your life in any direction you desire. yep
0: anybody got any sabotaging habits besides me
2: oh.
3: no we're no we're perfect thank you
2: yeah I was gonna say <laughs> you don't want to hear my list
3: <laughs> Let
0: me you can go ahead and jump to um if I've got this if I can key this up real quick um, uh This is, whoops, yeah. This is under time is of the essence that he says at the end of that uh, sub sub paragraph or sub chapter.
6: I asked Donnie Deutsch what the most important ingredient to success was. This was his answer: the most important thing I say is, are you learning every day? Are you growing every day? Are you being challenged every day? That is the key to success. The day that stops happening, the world is going to turn in the wrong direction for you. Harvey McKay said it this way. You don't go to school once for a lifetime. You're in school all of your life. And of course, Jim Rohn said it to me this way. Formal education will make you a living, which is fine. But self-education will make you a fortune, which is super fine. And lastly, this concept of constant and never-ending improvement is echoed in every endeavor this is how the iron man cal ripkin jr said it when asked how he was able to beat the 56 year old record made by Lou Gehrig's 2131 consecutive games played the iron man went on to surpass it another 502 straight starts cal said this i think it's important especially in this economy you can't stay around if you're not getting better No business or baseball team is going to keep people just because they show up. You have to constantly be looking for ways to get better and looking for ways to improve your value to the organization. You have to develop strong fundamentals, no matter what you do, and you have to make yourself indispensable. That requires you to be evaluating what you're doing and what needs to be done. Well said, Cal, and he should know. And now you do too.
0: 1500
5: games in a row, no 2600 and like something yeah, unbelievable. Hey, unbelievable. Paul,
0: you're,
1: you're muted, Paul. Yeah, 2100 and 2131, I think, was the record from Garrick, and then he ended up beating it by 500 or something.
5: So, we got 10 minutes, amphetamines helped him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what Jeremy said: losing is the habit, so is
2: winning.
5: Maybe I, I actually there's a there's a really big conspiracy theory that I'll share after this at three o'clock. If anyone wants to hang on after the fact. Okay, after, uh, we,
0: after we turn off the recording,
5: I know, yeah. I got it.
0: Uh, so uh, uh, when Jeremy was talking about that last paragraph, losing is the habit, so is winning. Let's work on permanently instilling winning habits, eliminate sabotaging habits, instill needed positive habits. You can take your life in a direction you desire to the heights of your greatest imagination. Let me show you how.
3: So, so Danny, so in my business, learning uh, is constant. And uh, I know a couple of you sent me articles before when you find something about marketing and I respond back to it saying, yep, I've already on that. I've already figured that out. I already have some answers to that. Um, It's a challenge. But the three big buzzwords I don't use in my marketing with clients is trick, magic, and secret, because those have been buzzwords people have used all their lives to charge people thousands of dollars for no results. It's never about that. It's always about roll up your sleeves, mundane, unexciting, unsexy. Let's get, let's get, let's do the right things to get your business in the right place. And I get uh, I, a lot of people don't hire me because I don't come in with sexy and I don't come in with uh, the guy that weighs in front of their marketing ideas, that little thing that weighs in front of the car dealership. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, when I talk about guerrilla marketing, by the way, and you Google guerrilla marketing, you you might find stuff like that and some other really way far out rude, even rude and crude stuff, uh, but uh, guerrilla marketing that I teach is more of the guerrilla warfare. You know, you're coming at from a lot of different areas, finding out what works and then sticking with that one thing until it it, and evaluating correcting it until it doesn't work again. So let's look at that um, the summary action steps. What do you struggle with the most? Then he says, define, you know, uh, start journaling all the aspects of that situation that you are grateful for. So, what area, person, or circumstance in your life do you struggle with the most? And he starts the answer to that with journal all the aspects of that situation that you are grateful for. Mm-hmm. Keep a record, there's a scorecard thing again of everything that reinforces and expands your gratitude in that area. Many times what something we're struggling with can't do much about it. Other than just plow through it, start you know the gratitude journal about it, and then expand on it. And then then where in your life are you not taking one hundred percent responsibility for your set your success or failure? Boy, I think this this crew here is pretty good at. Um, T- taking responsibility. Some of us have been through the book QBQ, the question behind the question. <laughs> right, Ernie, John, you've been through it with us, I think. Yep. Yep. and uh, it, it's it's the best book out there on taking personal responsibility responsibility and to to stop pointing fingers at other uh, at other people. Uh, but it says in there, and I think it's on page forty two, that uh, to don't blame anyone, including yourself. I think a lot of times we want to blame other people because we, because we don't want to blame ourselves. Well, don't blame yourself and don't blame other people. So uh, Darren gives him, uh, you, know, uh, you know, write out three things you've done to pass that mess things up, list three things you should have done, but didn't write out three things that happened to you, but you responded poorly to, and he goes on. Then he says, start tracking at least one behavior in one area of your life uh, you'd like to uh, to improve. Then uh, what is one? Once you have started consistently tracking one behavior, you can expand that process through his uh, "Living Your Best Year Ever" journal. So I like the way Darren does that is instead of trying to sell you that journal right off the bat, once you've started tracking one area, one behavior, then if you want to expand it and want to use his journal, okay, go buy. It. But if you're not going to track it to begin with, the journal is not going to have uh, It's not going to help you.
1: Right.
0: What else? Ask a question. Those of you that um, or any of you, why do you read? You ever think about why you read?
1: To try to improve?
4: Knowledge? Learn from others' experience. They're inside.
3: Learn what I I don't know.
1: So Danny, how many weeks are we going to spend on this book? Not that I'm rushed Not that I'm in a rush to finish it because I
0: like the books. Uh, you know, I'm gonna. You know, guys, I'm gonna assume we're gonna go through it one chapter at a time. So that would be four more weeks, maybe a, a, a wrap-up week. Uh, 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 so a total of uh, up to seven. Uh, if we, if any of the chapters move fast, uh, just try to stay one chapter ahead. So if, if you've, uh, so next week read into uh, a chapter four, mark up your books into chapter four in case, in case we get there. The, um, I'll throw a little something out there that um, uh, Ramon and I are doing this with, 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 uh, with Artie and, uh, and another guy but uh, I've got some accountability going, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something out there that, uh, with, uh, with y'all real quick. Um, I am, my intention is during this 12-week period and, and we're in week, I'm in week three. Um, uh, let me see if I can get this to share real quick. Um, this is my, if it came up there, this is my uh, my point tracker, my scorecard that uh, you know that I'm using. This was last week. My goal weekly is 150 points. I got 162 in different points. You know, um, kind like in my, in my workouts. You know, there are different points uh, or different type of reps for different points. But um, uh, so, uh, but but that's the point tracker. And then where the little red marks are, that's what I did. Uh, 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 made some notes there about that. But that's the that's the mundane. Um, just keeping up with that. My my goal is this: twelve weeks is to close five million dollars in loans. I have never during this twelve during a twelve week period, outside of the refi craze like we had the last two years. Uh, I have never closed $5 million in, in any 12 week period. Okay. Person, that's just personal production. So I've, uh, you know, um, my deal is get points, go out and meet people, follow through with people, uh, uh, do classes, follow through and the big portion of the classes is to meet new people and gain, uh, you know, them gain awareness of me, me and them and just work through this type of process. But, uh, uh that's what we teach in the gorilla marketing class. The new version of it, uh, it, you know, is we lead into that point tracker. And uh, so uh, just a little accountability. Anytime y'all see me, talk to me, you're welcome to ask me questions about that. And uh, uh, so, but anyway, um, guys, I appreciate it.